Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. This is America. This is politics. And this is how we decide... Who will be on the Supreme Court? According to The New Yorker, Deborah Ramirez, a former Yale University classmate of Judge Brett Kavanaugh's, said he exposed himself to her at a party 35 years ago. She uh, says that she was assaulted. She recounts a story about assault by Brett Kavanaugh when the two were freshmen at Yale. There's no doubt that these stories um, are not the best uh, journalistic practice. Even the New York Times wouldn't print this story because it lacks any type of corroboration. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. Yes, another accusation against the man who President Trump has nominated to be the next Supreme Court justice. The Senate Judiciary Committee is still scheduled to hear this week from Dr. Christine Blasey Ford and Judge Brett Kavanaugh as he continues his nomination process trying to make it onto the U.S. Supreme Court. She accuses him of sexual assault when they were in high school. Now another woman has come forward accusing Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct when they were in college. Just after the Senate announced the details of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's testimony against Judge Brett Kavanaugh, a second person announced that she had a Me Too moment with the nominee for the Supreme Court. According to the New Yorker, Deborah Ramirez, a former Yale University classmate of Judge Brett Kavanaugh's, said he exposed himself to her at a party 35 years ago and that she was forced to push his genitals away from her. Lana Zak, ABC News, Washington. Kavanaugh denies these allegations from Deborah Ramirez, which are printed in The New Yorker. The White House says it stands by the president's Supreme Court nominee, calling the accusations a smear campaign by the Democrats designed to tear down a good man. Sherry Preston, ABC News. Now, three voices on this latest accusation and what it all means to the confirmation process this week. The New Yorker published an account from a second woman, um, Deborah Ramirez. Trish Turner is covering the story for ABC News. She uh, says that she was assaulted. She She recounts a story about assault by Brett Kavanaugh when the two were freshmen at Yale. It occurred at a drunken dormitory party, she says. And she has memory gaps here. She says she definitely was drinking. She ended up losing some in this uh, sort of drinking game that they were playing. And at some point, she said there are gaps in her memory, but she remembers clearly Brett Kavanaugh had exposed himself to her. He thrust his genitals in her face. She remembers hearing laughter and that, you know, some were shouting for her to kiss what was in her face. It's all pretty just, you know, a disgusting story. And uh, and so she, you know, she says she really was reluctant to come forward because she has these gaps in her memory, but she searched her memory for a week. She talked to an attorney, you know, she said I, I, she really did want to come forward. Now, but the New Yorker, of course, we should say, did not find any 
firsthand, uh, you know, corroboration, people who were allegedly at the party to, to back up her story, pretty strong secondhand account. A guy remembers a friend, he says he's 100% sure he remembers a friend telling him this story and that Brett Kavanaugh was the subject of the story. But the New York Times looked into this. Um, as well, and they said they chose not to publish because they couldn't yet uh, confirm the story. Now, after the uh, first accusations by Christine Blasey Ford, uh, we had senators come out and say, we want to hear from her. Is there any talk of that, that they want to hear from this second accuser? Absolutely. Great question. Uh, Last night, the top Democrat on the committee, and then she was followed up by all of the Democrats on her side of the committee, uh, Dianne Feinstein, she said, look, enough, you know, this, it's time to have an FBI investigation, independent, we need to talk to these people, postpone the hearing that we fin- that they finally agreed to uh, this weekend would be Thursday with Blasey Ford, and we need to check out this account before we do anything else. But this really plays right into the Democrats' hands of trying to delay, delay, delay this session, right, this, this nomination vote. That's exactly right, yes. Um, and so it, it, it's, it's exactly what they want. Um, as you guys know, I mean, we're right on top of the midterms. You know, Democrats, uh, there seems to be no coordination here, not that we can find with these accounts that are coming forward. And you have to think these are, you know, these are human beings putting a lot on the line. It's, it's a heck of a thing if you're, you know, you're not somehow you're not telling the truth. Uh, that, that's hard to believe. But um, but Democrats have certainly, at the root of all of this, they want to delay this past the midterms. They really do feel like they stand a chance of taking over um, at the House. And, and certainly there's a door that's wide open for them in the Senate, whereas, you know, a few months ago we didn't think that would be the case. Uh, they do want to delay. Do we have a set timeline of testimony and when things are supposed to happen this week? Well, right now, before there was ever a uh, you know, a Deborah Ramirez, the second uh, allegation, you know, woman with allegations. Uh, the um, Ford attorneys, um, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Chuck Grassley, and uh, the Democrat, uh, Dianne Feinstein, on this committee, that top Democrat. So they all agreed this weekend on a call. It was about an hour long. They set Thursday as the day they would hear first from Blasey Ford, then from Kavanaugh. That's not how she wanted it, according to her lawyers, but they're going to do it that way. And uh, and so um, that that's it, though. They and the Democrats and Ford's lawyers really do want more potential witnesses to be part of that hearing, um, like this friend, Mark Judge, who was allegedly in the room when this incident happened. They want him under oath. And Republicans have so far said no. So we'll see where that stands. And they want a few other witnesses like her therapist that she told this to, you know, in 2012 and, and, and other, you know, a lie detector test that she took in August. You know, they want they want a number of other things introduced at the hearing. But for now, Chairman Grassley's standing firm. All right, you don't know when they were planning a vote, do you? No, I think it's, uh, you know, they, it's a little unseemly for them to set a vote. But the, the timing would usually be hearing on Thursday, Grassley would, no, you know, send a notice of a hearing the following week, um, you know, a, a meeting where they would vote, and then there's always a one-week delay. So if you would normally see a vote like two weeks from Thursday if all things were equal and we didn't have these other allegations, but now we don't know where we stand. I do think that the Republicans are absolutely determined to move forward with a hearing uh, on Thursday and a vote as soon as possible. Political analyst Steve Roberts says these accusations are challenging and not the best showcase for journalism. 
the stakes here are enormous. You know, in an election, a politician who's up for office, you always get another crack at him. Donald Trump, whatever you might think of him, he's got to face the voters in two more years. There's always a uh, a mechanism of accountability. Not true for a Supreme Court justice. There's one and one chance only to evaluate his or her credentials. The man that... Uh, uh, that Kavanaugh would be replacing Justice Kennedy served for 30 years. There were no elections. There were no uh, reviews. There was no accountability. So the stakes here are enormous, and Republicans understand that and are going to push through as hard as they can. But the possibility is that while they might get Kavanaugh, still get Kavanaugh, I think the odds still favor um, Judge Kavanaugh because I, no Republican has yet to announce any opposition to him. The potential for paying a huge political price is there. The latest ABC, uh, NBC, Washington Post poll shows that um, while men favor Republicans uh, in the fall elections by three points, women favor Democrats by 25 points. There's an enormous gender gap. And so they might get Judge Kavanaugh, but they can also pay a price at the polls in November as a result. Well, Steve, I want to ask you if we're at kind of a new ground here, because this story of the second accuser, the New York Times wouldn't even go with it. It has not been corroborated. So the New Yorker magazine did. You know? Yeah. Look, we're on. There's no doubt that these stories um, are not the best uh, journalistic practice. I teach journalism ethics, and I can tell you in my classes, this is this is the kind of story that is dicey because you you don't have strong corroborating evidence, you don't have witnesses on the record supporting the allegations. It is true, as Ronan Farrow has said this morning in a number of TV interviews, that reporting about sexual assault is particularly difficult. The victim is often traumatized. Um, she um, doesn't remember a lot of details, uh, often does not um, report the crime in real time because she's ashamed and feels she's going to be blamed. And there are many extenuating circumstances in cases of sexual assault. At the same time, these stories from a journalistic point of view often are not as well documented as they might be. There was a famous case a few years ago of the Rolling Stone magazine uh, reporting on uh, a rape at the University of Virginia, and ultimately they had to retract the whole story, and it, it, it led to the demise of the magazine. So these cases are dangerous territory for journalists, um, and they have to be very, very careful because um, – uh, they can make mistakes, too. As a senator, if you're going to listen to Christine Blasey Ford a little bit later on this week, uh, how do you balance the two thoughts that, at the same time, both can be true, that this can be a true story that happened in Judge Kavanaugh's uh, high school years, and that this is a politically motivated uh, attempt to derail his nomination? Both can be true at the same time. Both are almost certainly true at the same time. Um, I mean, politics infects everything related to judicial nominations, and that is a significant change in American politics and a change for the worse. Within recent memory, uh, the standard by which uh, judges were uh, uh, evaluated was, are they qualified? Antonin Scalia, a, a strong conservative, was approved virtually unanimously by the U.S. Senate. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a strong liberal, was also approved virtually unanimously. Why? Because just a few years ago, the standard was, are they qualified? And today the standard is, do I agree with them? And that's a very, very different standard, and it's a 
profoundly dangerous change in America because the Supreme Court is supposed to be the one institution that is divorced from politics. And now it is just one more uh, uh, arena for this kind of political contentiousness. And um, it's entirely possible that when the vote is taken, it will be 51 Republicans for him, 49 Democrats uh, against. That is a very bad precedent in terms of the role of the Supreme Court in American society. The Democrat objective here is to delay this vote beyond the election. Carl Calabrese, our go-to political strategist on WBEN in Buffalo. With the hope that if the Democrats do experience a wave election and take both the House and the Senate, they would then tie up Supreme Court nominations probably through the presidential election of 2020. In fact, a number of Democrat senators have said that, that if they take back the Senate, there will be no Supreme Court nominations until after the next presidential election. So you'll have you'll have a 4-4 deadlock Supreme Court for the next two years. So the idea of going back in order to get a new Supreme Court justice is very, very risky given the, the politics of the nation right now and, and uh, the direction that the House and the Senate uh, could take in terms of party control. Yep. Chuck Rassley, the committee chair, is calling them out saying, this is Democrats withholding information, only releasing it at politically opportune times. So do they plow ahead, and do you think they'll have the votes? I, I, I think they will. I think they're going to have this um, this hearing. I believe it's scheduled for Thursday with um, with the first accuser, and uh, we'll see what happens. The, the, this, this latest accuser, this is interesting, because I, I read this morning that even the New York Times wouldn't print this story because it lacks any type of cooperation. Uh, this was printed by the New Yorker magazine, and the Times was quoted as saying they, they just couldn't find anybody to, to support what the accusation is. In fact, the, the accuser says she, she was drunk that night. She mentions the names of six people she says were present at this drinking game. All six have said it didn't happen. So I find it interesting that even, even the New York Times uh, would not print this. But it's out there, and it casts more doubt, and it, it's certainly playing into that strategy of delay. So this is new ground, I think, for, for the Senate. Um, I know we had the Anita Hill situation many, many years ago, but I don't believe any of the senators sitting on that committee uh, went through that. And they're going to have to figure out not just the legal questions here, but also the political questions. And for, don't think for one minute this isn't a very calculated political dance we're seeing choreographed in front of our very eyes. Now, all that being said, how difficult is it going to be if you're a senator listening to Christine Blasey Ford at some point later this week? Because at the same time, I mean, it's true that this can be both true and politically motivated in the timing, right? No question about it. I, again, I, I think the fact that the fact that Diane Feinstein sat on that letter for four months she had that letter four months ago, never brought it public, never brought it to the committee, never once talked to the judge about it when he interviewed with her. Uh, that, that alone tells you that timing was a key component of, of this entire episode. How, how does this and how the Kavanaugh hearings have gone, how will this change Supreme Court nominations in the future? Is this a one-time thing, kind of uh, all the drama we've seen around this, or will this continue? No, I, I think this is going to be the norm going forward. Uh, I think this is a very, very powerful card to play, the sexual harassment card. Um, and I think if the president has future uh, nominees on the court, I would not be surprised to see this, 
see this happen again. Testimony from Kavanaugh's first accuser is set for Thursday. And we're back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.